0: Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, Head, and welcome to episode 98 of Beer not a Podcast Adjunct Series. We are back. This is the, uh look at this beautiful daylight here. This is like, we normally do this in the evening, so it's actually a nice little change of pace for us doing something in the late afternoon, getting that daylight in. So, Today, I'm about to say this evening. Today, guys, we have uh, our first ever brewery joining us from the east coast of Canada. For some reason, we haven't really ventured east of Quebec for a podcast yet, which is kind of ridiculous now. I think about it. So uh, this is a brewery I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Um, they do something very, very spectacular that um, I'm a huge, huge fan of. And I believe I've talked about it on the pod before, but I'm glad to actually get the uh, first-hand info. So please, guys, welcome Hoagie. From Libra and Upstreet, there he is. Brought the audience for you, bro.
1: All right, thanks. That was a that was a great treat. Yeah. <laughs> great to great to meet you, man. Thank you for uh, for hanging out. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. No, yeah, really glad to really glad to be here and to you know chat and share a few beers. Yes,
0: sir. Um, this is this is really cool. Like I said, first uh, first East Coast, so this is kind of perfect for me. Uh, being that I'm such a fan of what we're going to be starting off with here. So we're going to be talking about your two. So your core, obviously, brewery is Upstreet Brewing, based in uh, Prince Edward Island on the... Uh, yeah, on we're the based.
1: Yep. Yeah, based out of Charlottetown.
0: Perfect. Uh, and then you have a... Sub, would you call it a sub-brand? Or just kind of like, just a, a, like a whole brand unto itself for your non-alcoholic products?
1: It's a whole... Yeah, a whole brand unto itself, basically. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. It's, uh, it's definitely taken on a life of its own.
0: It's, look, I'm not surprised at all. I'm, I'm super stoked to hear about it. Uh, the brand that we're talking about is Libra. Um, we're going to be drinking two different ones, uh, and we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of uh, the range. So let's start off with yours, since uh, what you're drinking there is the OG of uh, of the non-alcoholic products. So do you want to maybe tell us about this beer specifically? Um, yeah. What it is and what you know, what's in it, what's going on with it, and then we'll maybe get to the a bit more into how Libra came about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So this is our, uh, original, uh, non-alcoholic beer, um, Libra pale ale. So it, um, yeah, it's brewed right here in Charlottetown PEI. And, um, what I think is really you know special about the Libras is that they're all brewed basically like a, like a regular craft beer, the same as our, um, as our upstream beers. Right. And, uh, you yeah, know, I'm big, a big hop lover. So, um, I get to, you know, extend some of that passion into the non-alcoholic beer side as well, too. So we have, a, you know, a dry hop tail ale. Which
0: is awesome. It's such a spectacular beer, that one, man. Like, it's, it's the, what you've been able to do with the flavors. Like you said, you know, you're, you're a fan of hops, so that kind of explains um, a lot of that. But this specific one was the one you launched in. What, what are the hops in this one, if you can, if you're able to disclose that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we use, um, Amarillo, Citra, and Simcoe. Nice. So some, some great, um, you know, well known heavy hitters in the craft beer world. I love it. First of all, cheers. Pleasure. cheers.
0: It's just so damn good. Um, hmm. so the pale ale is, and I'm drinking the hazy IPA, which we're going to we'll talk yeah. about that in, in a second. Um, so Libra, it only started, I want to say, in 2020. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's right. We launched um, just like in the late fall of, of 2020. Okay. Um, and I mean, it, it had been something we'd been working on for um, a few years before okay. that. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, I guess we'll say, went into the <laughs> the, the, the recipe development. And, I bet. Um, you know, no shame, but a few dump batches as well too, to, to get it all to, to turn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, we, um, we really, I guess for us, like have, you know, having, uh, when I say us, I'm talking about like my, uh, my business partner, Mitch. Um, so we, you know, we've, we've had upstreet, um, since, uh, 2015, we opened in, in June uh, of 2015 and, um, you know, we, we had been living that, you know, craft beer lifestyle for for (laughs) quite a while, quite a, quite a number of years, you know, a lot of, you know, beer festivals and, and late nights and, um, everything that, everything that comes with that, you know, we, we love craft, we love craft beer. We love to drink beers, love to drink big IPAs. Um, (laughs) but you know, you can't, you can't do that all the time. You can't do, yeah, (laughs) every, every night or, yeah. So, um, so really we wanted to, we wanted to find something, you know, to be, to be able to change it up, not necessarily, you know, to, to give up on those, um, on those craft beers, but something, something to sort of, you know, scratch the itch that had, you know, as beer lovers like and and you know, that we love the flavor of beer too. So, yeah. um, really wanted to come up with a non-alcoholic, uh, alternative, I guess we'll say to that. Um, you know, you can have it with lunch you can have it for breakfast really <laughs> if, you, if you so choose yeah yeah it's, it's a fact
0: how did it like where, so it really just came out of that sort of needing something a little bit different that allowed you to get the flavor that you loved from craft beer but uh to maybe scale back on that uh yeah. little more intense craft beer lifestyle that a lot of people in the industry and adjacent yeah. end up living yeah with. i would
1: say yeah, I would say that's where it started, you know, from a, from a personal perspective and then from a business perspective as well too. um, just like keeping an eye on, on market trends elsewhere through, you know, through North America and, and through the U S like, um, we really started to no- to notice that, um, non-alcoholic craft beer was, um, yeah, you know, starting to become a thing that the craft breweries were, were doing, um, mm-hmm. You know, some on a small scale, some on a quite, you know, quite large scale. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we got we kind of got curious about it, and um, you know, just sort of started started researching. Okay, what are some, you know, what are some techniques and some technologies to to make non-alcoholic beer? Um, one thing we noticed uh, right away um, is that a lot of non-alcoholic beers is, is made using very expensive equipment, I guess we'll say like, mm. um, like de-alkalizers or reverse osmosis, things like that, that, you know, have might cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, which, you know, wasn't something that we just had, you know, we don't have that kind of money just lying around. All right. <laughs> so, So uh, another thing that sort of drove the innovation for me is that I wanted to you know come up with a way to um, to to brew these beers using the same equipment and maybe you know a modified process to the Mm. to what um, to what we use for for non alcoholic beer. So um, you know I'd say we have we have a one of a kind process for sure for for making um, the beer and it's something that. You know could be replicated on other brewing systems too which is pretty cool okay and
0: when was this when did you start doing the tests was that like maybe 2019
1: uh yeah it would have been 20 like 2019 yeah 2019 um actually i remember i remember the first pilot batch because it was like easter weekend of 2019 yeah okay <laughs> And um, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So then it started all then and you didn't, you know, obviously hundreds of thousands of uh, particularly uh, coming into what, you know, we didn't know was coming would have probably been a, a bit of a rough thing to, to throw a ton of money like that into as well. So I guess, oh, yeah. yeah, Right. Kind of, I imagine that you would have had to do a number of batches of, and I guess you focused on just the one star to begin with just the pale was the, you all. Yeah. The, yeah.
1: We were just, yeah, we we're just focused on one style, just trying, you know, trying to do one thing really well initially, mm. and, and work out the kinks in the in the process that way. So, so yeah, like we're kind of focusing on a on a pale ale, just you know, something that's not not too bitter, bit of bit of malt character, nice um, hop aroma as well. So, um, yeah, we started with that, and we actually um, by that Christmas, yeah, around Christmas twenty nineteen, we released a beer that was called Pace. Um that you know, very very little fanfare, but we, you know, we put we put it out there to see what um kind of what people thought of it. And that one was it was a one point one percent beer, so um, you know, sort of on the on the upper the upper limit of what would be considered a, a non alcoholic beer. Um but you know, that was that was sort of where we had landed as far as the process. Like we didn't hadn't tried to go uh, any lower at that okay. point. Um, but it did do well. It was, you know, we did, um, sold out within a couple of months. So yeah. Okay. Um, and it kind of got people excited and, you know, um, you know, we'll say we didn't, we didn't put a whole lot of thought like into the brand and, and whatnot. It was really just to, you know, get, get a label design done and, uh, get, slap it on a can, get it into people's hands, get some feedback and whatnot. Yeah. And then, what
0: inspired you guys to turn? Because Libra, even just like looking at the branding, it's just so classy with the gold and the, like, it's a really you've done such a great job with the branding of all of these beers. What made you separate uh, Libra from an upstreet beer that's just the upstreets, um, you know, non-alcoholic option into a full, fully-fledged brand of its own? Like, where did that conversation happen?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think we just really, we wanted to, um, not that we wanted people to not know about Upstreet, but we wanted, yeah, we, you know, we wanted it to have its own brand and we wanted it to be able to, you know, stand, stand on its own um, and and have a, you know, a, a, a different look for sure, a cleaner look, I guess we'll say, than mm-hmm. um, our Upstreet beers. I mean, right. we're, really, we're really proud of our Upstreet branding too, and we'll, we'll get it to those a little bit later too but there you know we have a lot of fun with the with the branding on that side and you know I'll, I'll say that you know branding is really important um throughout the business yeah of course um and you know that's um I'd say that's Mitch's baby and uh and then the liquid is my baby so right um, yes I did not think we clarified yeah. <laughs> that you are the co-owner and uh head brewer Exactly. yeah that's yeah correct? that's right yeah, yeah. the, no. the brew and brewmaster yeah. and co-founder
0: yes i didn't say that in the beginning i apologize so just to, to clarify oh yes. yeah no yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah, no at all. okay so you did all those so it took a, about a year then i guess because i remember i heard about this you have a fantastic and this is what i love what you've done with the brand yeah. you actually had like pr from the beginning um yeah which i think is pretty important for a non-alcoholic brand because it does go beyond craft beer at that point so i i it seemed like a really like intelligently calculated move to have that and they reached out and i was like yeah i was just slowly getting into non-alcoholic beer and first thing i noticed was the branding because i got the uh the pale ale there and i was like geez this is beautiful what is going on here and it was just like i I used to never understand what non-alcoholic beer was trying to be and so for some some reason around that in 2020 it just kind of clicked for me and i just got it beforehand i always thought everything was just kind of shit and did taste like watery beer, but when you really, like, it's not really trying to be beer. It's his own thing. Um, and then I just, we fell in love, my girlfriend, and I fell in love with the pale ale and it was, it was just our favorite non-alcoholic beer. And it's really helped us being that, you know, we do this type of beer work, just like you know, you're around it all the time. You've got to be tasting things, uh, every day you're in a tap room. You know, someone comes in, Oh, let's have a beer. You just end up drinking when you're not supposed to or whatever. Um, Oh yeah. Right. I can imagine it's 10 <laughs> times worse for you. You know, we tried to balance our drinking cause we have to do things to create content. So on the nights off, this has been like, uh, I want to say lifesaver. Like when not <laughs> it's not like a heavily, you always have to be drinking, but it's just like, it's really, it's, it's a pleasure to have something like this that is so tasty that has no negative implications. I mean that most of them are like 30 calories, right? This one I have here, the hazy, which we'll talk about in a sec, is fifty. I think everything else is thirty.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the hazy's the hazy's fifty, and then all the other ones are thirty. Yeah, right. So, so really light, and you can, you know, yeah, you can have it again. You can have it with lunch, and yeah, you know, have two with lunch, and not really, ha- you know, worry about getting back to work with a with a foggy head. Yeah. Exactly, and you know, get all the flavor from it. So it's just like
0: being such a, a cool thing. So I guess early twenty twenty. Would have been, do you remember exactly when, when you launched the, the pen? Uh, yeah, yeah. It
1: was around October, 2020. Yeah. October, so 2020. About, it's know, okay, so a
0: year and a half yeah. of
1: R&D. Yep. Yep. So it was about, yeah, I know. Uh, then we, you know, pace first at Christmas and then, and then, yeah, the, the, the pail, um, whatever, nine or 10 months after that. Yeah. Okay. So what was the response when you first launched
0: the, uh, so the pace was the year before in 2019 and then October 2020 was the, was Libra.
1: What was the response when you, when you guys put it out? Like did, did it hit immediately? Um, Yeah, I think it was, it was really well received. I think that, you know, there was a lot of people I would say that were, you know, skeptical about it. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, non-alcoholic beer was a big thing um, on PEI. um, Right. Especially, Um, so yeah, people were definitely, um, skeptical, but I think, um, I think to your point, like once you, once, once you kind of think about it and you recognize where, where that fits in, um, you know, with your, with your lifestyle and your habits or, or whatnot, like, um, you know, we're not, we're not asking people to, you know, quit drinking, um, altogether, um, you know our, our 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 message really is you know f- find your balance and yeah. um and that you know that that might mean okay having t- you know t- two beers so that you can you know and then and then a libra just so you can stay at it a little bit longer and, and hang out with your with your friends and, and um you know not not have to worry about um you know having having that extra beer mm. and not feeling well in the morning. Yeah. That, it's interesting
0: you just said that. I have a friend who's a fellow podcaster, and he he calls himself – what do he say? He's the beer magician because so he makes beer disappear. And he said when he gets the on those uh, evenings when he goes a little crazy, he said he's figured out a way to trick himself so that instead of just going beer after beer, when you get into that zone, he goes and grabs a non-alcoholic. Then you go one beer, one non-alcoholic, one beer. So it keeps that – you know if you have that urge to continue to drink, you can still do it, but it allows him to, to – like you said – Feel a lot better in the morning and not be a little wild. So I feel like they really do play more of a role in, uh, well, they should play more of a role in sort of balanced drinking habits for, for most people. And it really seems like they're really getting into like the, the consciousness of, of craft beer drinkers and beer drinkers period now, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Like we're not, you know, we're not here to judge anyone's anyone's drinking habits, but we're, we are offering an, an alternative for people that want to you know mix things up a little bit
0: yeah it's it's super cool so then okay so the the payload dropped in october um i think after that you might have to talk me through this because i'm not too sure if they all the, the other three came at once or if they were kind of like slowly rolled out do you want to maybe talk us through how um yeah which order they came out in after that
1: yeah sure they were they were kind of spread out by you know a few two or three months apart um each of them so so yeah, the, yeah, the pale ale came out, you know, before, um, for Christmas and then we had that going for, I guess it was probably, um, close to, yeah, it's four or five months. It would have been like, you know, late winter, early spring. And, and then we, um, yeah, then we put out the the hazy IPA, yes. um, which is what you're having now. And, um, yeah, with this one, we just, you know, want it to, um, you know wanted to go heavier on the hops um but again not not on the bitter side um no 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 you know i would say it's and it's it's you know it's not it's not a new england ipa it's not a west coast ipa but i would say it's you know leaning towards more of the of the hop softer hop profile um lower bitterness um and one thing one thing we found you know when i was um doing like like the piloting um on that is that it did have to have a little bit more, a little bit more sweetness and a little bit more body to, you know, to be able to hold up um, more of a more, you know, more hops, um, higher hopping rates, and 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 dry hopping and whatnot. So, you know, it's not a it's it, you know it's not a not a heavy hitter at 50 calories, but it is it is you know more he- heavier, I guess we'll say, but that's you know quite quite relative. Um, yeah. Um, so we did, you know, we did have to go a little bit higher on the um, on the malt side to be able to um, dry hop it as much as we wanted to, to you know, hit the the aromas that we that we were hoping for.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Those you answered the question. I was yeah. thinking, like,
1: why is it twenty calories more, but it makes complete sense. What are the hops in this one? Does yeah, it needs to, uh, that one is El Dorado, Strata, and Comet. Cool, good mix. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's a fun mix. Um, and one thing that's kind of cool too that that we've sort of shifted in the last uh, over the last year, we started partnering with um, Crosby Hops. Oh, um, they're great
0: in the PNW. Yeah.
1: Are, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so they're the only um, B Corp um, uh company. Yes. hop grower too. So um, yeah, we're getting about seventy five percent of our hops um, from them now. So. Um, that's a lot of fun, you know, it's become sort of yeah, a real special relationship, I, I would say. Um, yeah, cause we're, we're also, um, a B Corp brewery, um, okay. one of a, one of a handful in Canada. Um, there's not that many really in the U S either. We're wow. actually PEI's first, uh, B Corp business.
0: Wow. Okay. And for people who don't know what that means, that do you want us to explain what that is?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, so B Corp, um, I would say, you know, uh, sort of stands for like a benefit corporation. And, and so when we're talking about benefits, um, you know, a traditional business model is looking to, you know, provide value to the, to the shareholders, um, and the, of course, um, and, you know, pro- profits above all else, what we'll say. Yeah. Um, but what a, uh, what the, the B core framework sort of looks at, you know, providing benefit to the stakeholders. Um, and so when you're talking about stakeholders, okay, well, own, owners are part of that, of course, but um, your big stakeholders are also your your employees um, and your suppliers and your community and your customers. And and so, you know, we're trying to strike a balance, um, which in all those areas and um, you know, it might, we, you know, it might be looking at our environmental impact or can, you know, where, where can we use a local supplier versus, you know, somewhere, um, you know, in, in Europe or in, in China or, or, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're always looking for ways to, okay, is this the most beneficial way we can act or what we you know, how we can purchase or are these the, you know, are these the customers that we want to be, um, dealing with and, um, you know, also just making sure we have really strong, you know, inter- internal values with our, with our company and um, keeping people happy and having pizza parties to, you know, to celebrate <laughs> big wins on a, on a Wednesday, for example. You know, you never know what's going to come up, but we we really try to have, you know, have a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome, man. That's great. I love that. I, I, and you're right. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with, we have a, a non-profit as well that we, that we run on with got to Beer, we did have a chat with uh, with Crosby, and they were explaining how they work, and very cool. It's like something like you're right; like it's very, uh, it's not super common, and it's a uh, it's a very cool sort of addition to the business. It gives you a little bit more of like a uh, deeper mission, I guess, than um, yeah, know, just profits, like you said, over everything. So the Hazy IPA
1: came next. Um, yeah, this one is. Oh yeah, right. Yes, you're keeping us on track. Yeah. That's okay. it's so, yeah, my I- yeah, it's my job that's Yeah. Yeah, hazy hazy IPA came came out next. Um, and then and then yeah, the then the pilsner came after that. Um, yes. I love this pilsner. It, yeah. This one's fire. So yeah. good. So our um yeah, our main our main flagship at Upstreet is our is our Commons Pilsner. Okay. Um, and it was a bit, you know, beer style that I was, you know, home brewing even for, you know, 4 or 5 years before upstreet open. So I've always been a big, um, you know, big Pilsner lover. Um, and, and so, you know, that was the next one that I really wanted to you know hone in for the, um, as a non-alcoholic, um, style. And so, um, so yeah, that one, that one came out. Yeah. Just, uh, in, probably in August or September, I guess. Yeah. You know, four or five months after the, after the other one. Um, we don't have it here. I forgot. We also did like a one a, sort of a really small one-off release of a pumpkin spice beer as well.
0: Oh yeah. How was that?
1: Um, yeah, really good. I mean, yeah, people, people love the pumpkin spice, I think. in the, um, in September and in yeah. October. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. So again, you know, borrowing from our, um, Upstreet beers. We have a gra- Grave Digger um, pumpkin ale that's heavily spiced and it's got some, you know, molasses and vanilla and cloves and ginger. All kinds of different, you know, great the great pumpkin spice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll say. And uh, yeah. and and so yeah, we you know bor- borrowed a lot of this of uh, those some of those ingredients and flavor profile, but um, you know, da- da- brought it down to you know a non-alcoholic level and. and Low calorie as well, so, cool. so that was fun. That that'll be something that we're uh, we're going to bring back and um, yes. on a bigger right. scale this fall. So love to hear it. Forward to that, yeah. Um, and then next we had the yeah the the stout. Yes. Um, so that one came out in January. Oh, it's really new. Um, yeah, that so that one's pretty new. Um, I love this one. And yeah, this one was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I won't necessarily go into all the details of the brewing process, but this one was a lot of fun to to make because it's actually, it is, you know, it's still the same kind of calories and non-alcoholic beer, but it's actually brewed differently than all the other libras. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Again, d- done on our done on our existing equipment, but um, just using some neat techniques to working with the the dark malts to get a lot of flavor out of those, but again, no, you know, not, not too astringent and not, you know, not too many calories either. So we're, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's another balance that we've, you know, imposed on ourselves, I guess, too, is that they're not only are they non-alcoholic, they're also low calorie, non-alcoholic yeah. beers.
0: Which is super cool. And this one, I was really surprised that I, when I saw that this one was only 30, like the rest, except, you know, the hazy one makes sense. I was pretty surprised. I was just like, I really thought you would have had to just, by the nature of, of stout, just extract more, uh, more out of those darker malts to get the flavor. But it's just, it's packed with flavor. It's really good. It's not even. It's like, and it's it's dark too. Like it's not like that super light brown that you can see through yeah. the whole thing. Like it's a. It really does look like a serious stout. So like, it's very cool to hear that you know,
1: you had to sort of you know, get, do some work yeah. to, get it, to get it right, which is awesome. No, totally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the last, the last one, um, that I can, that I have here is the, yes. um, is the cherry sour. Oh yeah. There we go. I mean, I'm not cool. used to this, uh, the mi- the mirroring, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, the cherry sour. So that was, you know, another, another challenging one to make, I'll say. Um, so, you know, as, as people know, um, fruit. You know, fruit fruit has uh, has fermentable sugars in it
0: too, right. which um,
1: which will contribute to the um, the alcohol content. So, so yeah, trying to find the the balance between the the beer flavor and just enough fruit to add to the beer to still make it um, you know non alcoholic was um, a lot of fun as well. Uh, and we trialed – yeah we trialed a bunch of different fruits um, and. Yeah, really, I'm, I'm, my favorite all the way through was the, was the cherry sour. I tried to, you know, make sure that it was a a group decision, I guess, I guess we'll say on the, uh, on the fruit that we, that we use, but um, it was definitely my favorite one that we, that we trialed. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Do you have any other uh, special, I mean, obviously the, the cherry sour and the pumpkin were the two kind of like more would be seasonals, I guess you'd consider them. Are they, um, do you have any other ones planned that you can speak about at all? As far as other... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we don't... We, I guess I'll say we don't have anything, like, that's, like, you know, um, tied to a particular, like, release date, but um, there are some other, you know, pilots that I'm working on um, really trying to... Um, I, you know, I've, I've piloted, but, it, you know, I'd like to, to at some point have the first uh, non-alcoholic saison. Um, okay. I think that would be, that would be really cool. So, um, yeah, I have had some, uh, promising results on that. And I've been chatting with, um, Richard at the, uh, escarpment labs, um, nice. the, uh, Canada's only, I guess, yeast provider, <laughs> we'll say, um, yeast, yeast lab. So yeah, i hoping to, hoping to come up with, with something there that can, um, can be scaled up um a few other ones like i mean uh, yeah vienna lager is one that i've done it's um pretty interesting you know a nice multi multi kind of a lager yeah maybe Dope. maybe a west coast ipa something a little bit more bitter than um different than the other two um pale and, and ipa yeah so those are kind of the again that you know i have my personal preferences and and then we have our you know, the sales team that we're, that we're working with as well to try to find, you know, the right, the right fit. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have another, um, release before the year is done.
0: All right. I love that. I was right. going to
1: ask, you mention your preferences. I was going to ask you what
0: your favorite is of these ones and then maybe what, what's like the, the, the highest seller. I mean, I imagine just <laughs> probably the pale ale being that yeah. that's the can that's printed as opposed to the, the, yeah. the, the, the other types of labels here.
1: Yeah, well there are yeah, there um the next uh you know the next couple of batches I think of the of the IPA and the pilsner those ones will be in printed cans sick pretty soon. Um but but yeah as far as my favorite I would say that um, the pilsner and the IPA would be the two that I would have the most. Um yeah, my partner she loves the stout too, so it's probably those three that we'd have, you know, in the fridge um all the time most of the time. Um I would, I would dare say that the Pilsner is the one that tastes the most like, um, a regular beer out of, out of all the lineup. Um, but not to say they, they, you know, they all, I think they all taste great and they all, like they, they're all, they all taste different than like a lot of the other non alcoholic beers that I've tried too. So, um. But, yeah, if I was to pick one that I think tastes the most like a regular beer, it's probably the Pilsner, the Pilsner. maybe the Stout after that.
0: Yeah. I would agree uh, wholeheartedly. I think Pills would probably be my favorite as well. It's, it's just money. Um, it's like, I don't know if I really expressed it, but I'm such a huge fan of this. Like, this, you guys really turned, like I said, my partner and I, onto non-alcoholic beer. And after getting the pale ale, I started looking into it a bit more. And maybe, you know, other breweries would just do some one-offs or I'd be trying different ones. And I always come back to Libra. Um, and you can get for people who do one again. The beautiful thing about non-alcoholic beers, you can essentially ship anywhere in the country, um, which is phenomenal. Except for Quebec yeah. because Quebec always does that, but it is available here. Um, there's a non-alcoholic store I, I found here in Montreal, and I was able to purchase a, a mixed case, which I, that was my next thing. You can get the mixed cases, which is super cool, because then you can get uh, basically you know an equivalent amount of all of the uh, the four beers, at least the four the core ones. Um, which is great because yeah. it's like whatever mood you're in, you can just, you've, you've got something there and it's, it's such a pleasure to have these around. Like it's, it's so, and they're so well priced as well. Like it's really not very expensive yeah. for the quality that it is. And I haven't had anything that really comes close. If I'm, if I'm honest, like it's this, this is yeah. just like the top of uh, of non-alcoholic beers, I think.
1: For sure. No, thanks a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah, they are, you know, they're priced like a little bit lower than your regular craft beers. Um, They're not, you know, they're, they're more expensive than, you know, the, you know, no name Blondale or something like that from the, from the grocery store. Yeah. A little
0: bit, but you know, you get a little bit more from this thing, you know, you've got, you can name the hops that are in these things. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. Speaking of that, you mentioned before about the, uh, the pills that being the one that tastes most like, um, you know, an alcoholic pills, but this hazy IPA tricks some people in in a good positive way. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, um, so recently, yeah, I guess, la- yeah, last month we entered um, the uh, New York International Beer Competition. Um, and so, to be eligible to to enter, it's for you know any any brewery that um, doesn't have a product for sale in the, in the state of New York, I guess. And uh, okay. you know, New York's a quite a large market, I guess we'll say. Yeah. Um, that's probably an understatement, but you know, <laughs> I don't know the population, but it's you know, it's, it's a big, big place. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. they would, you know, they would go through a lot of they. They have a big, you know, a big beer scene. I've been, been there a couple times to, you know, to Brooklyn and lined up at other half, just like you all have the to. other, uh, all the other beer, um, beer fans. Yeah. Um, so. So anyway, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely high standards for for beers, and definitely, um, you know, one of the the leaders for um, for IPAs and for hazy and IPAs too. So so yeah, we um, they didn't have a specific uh, non-alcoholic beer category, or well, they had they had one, but it was for loggers only. Okay. Um, and you know, as an aside, we 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 won that category, so. Um,
0: <laughs> that was one,
1: one award was That's for the, so cool. uh, was for the, was for the Pilsner and the uh, non-alcoholic lager category. But, but, um, what was really cool and really exciting for me as a brewer is the, we entered the, um, the Libra IPA, um, just into the IPA category. So up against, um, regular IPAs as well. And, um, they, you know, they decided to award it, um, a, a silver medal, um, amazing, which is you know, amazing, and I know I'm sure that they did take into account that um, it was non-alcoholic, but you know, all all things considered, you know, they we don't we don't know exactly what went into it, but but you know, the the result speaks for itself is that um, they they decided that it did, you know, it held it held up um, against other uh, regular IPAs.
0: So cool. So
1: they, they knew, yeah. like, first of all, congrats, because that's
0: pretty pretty yeah. huge to be able to, you know, I think it speaks volumes about, about the products. Um, and do you, so they actually were aware that this was a non-alcoholic uh, beer when they were drinking, because, I mean, I guess you yeah. can pro- probably tell. I don't know, you can do a blind. We did do a blind video one time where we would, like, pick, pick the non-alcoholic beers. So we tried to get, like, the lowest ABV of the same style and put them all side by side because I'd had them before I was able to get it right. But I did it with my cousin and he, he was confused by a few of them as well. So I think, um, it could be if they, I guess what my point being, if it was completely blind, which I know these things typically are, people could have been confused and not even know. Yeah.
1: No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I I don't know what information the judges were, were given or whatnot, but, um, whether they were, or they, whether they were, or they weren't. I guess it's still, you know, it still got the silver. Yeah.
0: So the matters, which is great. Yeah, man. yeah it's uh, it's super cool, and I, I do love that. Uh, you know, I've told a few people about this. I was in um, Ontario last week, and I was at a. a you know, they've got the new independent bottle shops out there now. Have you heard about that? Yeah. So now, no. they, well, something they brought in in the last couple of years. So you could like a cafe can have. Um, can now stock beer and wine like local beer and wine oh, and stuff right which is great yeah. so they can curate these stores and um i was telling them about libra as well like, so, yo, you need to get that in um it's just it's a i feel like it's just if if you're into non-alcoholic beer i feel like you guys are the epitome of that um and it's it's cool it's just i'm just looking at the branding it's just it's so pretty and it's it's just such a fantastic product i'm a huge huge fan so congrats man on on all of that and, yeah uh, i'm really glad oh, that these are. Uh, I'm glad this picking up on like that you've made it into its own, a beast unto itself type of thing. It it feels like it deserves that level of attention rather than this sub brand of, of a brewery, you
1: know? No, for sure. It's yeah. it is, really is taking on a a life of its own. And, um, and yeah, speaking of Ontario, the, yeah, the Pale Ale is, is, um, is actually launching at the LCBO, um, in the middle of, middle of May.
0: Which is dope. So it's only a couple um, of weeks away from from filming date. So by the time this comes yeah. out, I think it's probably the week that this comes out um, that it'll be available. Which is very oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah
1: if to people be to, and it's, it's the pale ale for now. Specifically. Yeah, the pale ale for now. Hopefully the first of many. But, first of um, many. Yeah, the pale ale for now, and it's um, you know a lot. I don't 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 quote me on which stores are going to have it, but they, you know, it should, I think it's going to all the stores. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I think Um, even if it's not for whatever, for whatever reason, you can ask for it. You can ask the manager at the store and be like, Hey, can you get in the, uh, the Libra Bell? I believe they'll at least like get a case or two or something like that. If, if people start asking. So definitely go do that in Ontario. I would highly encourage people to do that. But if even beyond the LCBO, they can still order when I say they like any, any other province in Canada aside from Quebec who can also get it locally, but any province yeah. in Canada can go to DrinkLibre.ca and actually order any of the beers individually or a yeah. mixed case or whatever it might be. Is that accurate?
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. We run our, we run our own store. Yeah. And we can, yeah, you can order any of our um, beers yeah, at drinklibra.ca. Um, and then we're also on well.ca and we work with, um, yeah, in Quebec, um, we work with an importer or distributor called uh, Pivo. Pivo, Yeah, and Friend. and, and they yeah, uh, and they've been getting it. You know, all it's been doing really well in Quebec. It's uh, you know available in all kinds of different um, different stores there. Yeah,
0: I love it. I love to see it. Yes, I, there's actually a whole store here that I got it from because I hit Fred up. He hit me up and be like, "Hey, I'll get you some Libra. and I'm like, "Well, please," because it's a it's a fave. And I tried to order it a couple of times, not realizing why it wouldn't let me. Order, and he put me in touch with the. There's a whole store here that only sells non-alcoholic products, so oh. I was able to get the the mixed case. It was super easy to get. I know Fred's based in Quebec City, so there'd be a whole bunch of. you know, He's got a very wide uh, distro network, so you know you should it shouldn't be difficult to get here in Quebec either, um, which yeah, is perfect. awesome. Yeah. So everyone can fetch that. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on probably to the the upstream side of things now. I feel like we've sure. got a real. Solid. I really want to spend sort of like half the podcast on on this, um, just because it's it's uh, such a huge category that's really like uh, you know change. I feel like it's really changing things the way people approach you know alcohol and, and beer. And uh, you guys are, are the best at it. I I think so. I love it. Um, Upstreet time. We're going to start with the IPA.
1: Yeah, let's start with the start with the IPA. Yeah. Other so this yeah. is. Um,
0: Thank you. <clears throat> Yes. Tell us.
1: Yeah. So this is a new one, um, uh, Parks and Rec. Yes. Uh, IPA. So it's a um, yeah, it's a low calorie IPA actually. So um, yeah, just only three point five percent, and a hundred calories. Um, so yeah, this. Um, Very cool. This just came out. Yeah, basically two weeks ago. Hmm. Um, I didn't realize. And. Yeah, and so this is another one that um, I've been kind of noodling with, I guess we'll say on the on the pilot system, right? Um, for a while, and again, it's another, you know, it's sort of a I'll say well, it's a step a step in between the the libras and and um, you know the regular full full strength um, IPAs. So, you know, rather than you know rather than going and and having you know two seven percent. IPAs, you can, you know, you can, ha- again, hang out and and have, you know, have have two or three of the, you know, low, low, uh, low-cal IPAs, right. yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Tons of flavor, 3.5 is pretty cool. What is the, what, what style uh, of IPA is this one?
1: Um, I would say it's, you know, more, like more of a, it's not a hazy, it's like sort of a, a light and juicy, uh, American IPA style,
0: yeah. Okay. I'm seeing it here. It's pouring uh, super clear. Definitely, yeah. Pouring,
1: uh, pour, pouring fairly clear. A little, little bit of haze to it, but yeah. Touch, a touch there.
0: Uh, yeah. well. First and foremost, cheers, brother. Yeah, cheers. Solid. Do you know what's interesting? Because I didn't even take a sip of water between the Libra and this. Like it, it shows the how much flavor's in the Libra. Like this is, it's kind of like blending in a bit in, in, in a good way, meaning yeah. that it's like the Libra is, like, tricky. I can see the, you know... I can see why people would think that the Libra is uh, is alcoholic. Um, yeah,
1: totally. You know, it's not a big, not a big jump, yeah. No, yeah, this yeah. is... And,
0: what's the uh, hops in this one, man?
1: Uh, yeah, so this one is uh, Sultana, Calypso, and Citra.
0: Sultana, Calypso, and Citra.
1: I love that. Okay.
0: And, um... Yeah. Okay, it's called Parks and Rec. And I guess so you were aiming for like that sort of, yeah, middle ground, like you said, American IPA that's kind of not quite west, not quite east.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. And um, we kind of, you know, another another sort of sub, I guess we'll say a sub niche uh, offerings of beers within Upstreet is uh, what we're calling um, Better For You beers. Okay. So these would be, you know, lower lower alcohol, lower calorie, um, beers, but still, you know, f- full of flavor. Um, so we have, yeah, we have four beers that are sort of falling under that umbrella right now. Okay. Um, yeah, the parks and rec is the, is the newest one. Um, we have a Cavalier, um, premium light lager. We have a uh, limelight, um, lime lager, you know, kind of our, our answer to Bud Light lime or something. Nice. Smart. Um, and then we have a a, um, a plum goza, which um, we're going to try um, oh, nice. next okay. after this one. Yeah. So again, all you know, all a hundred calories or, or lower, you know, four um, percent. And then yeah, we sell those uh, locally here. Just just launched yesterday, actually, um, in a mix pack. Out and about. Um, mixed pack So you get uh, So yeah, you get This one That
0: goes uh, Oh yeah And what was the other one Sorry The
1: uh, Cavalier Cavalier um, Yeah Light lager
0: Yeah mm. That's great And this is This is like yeah, A ton great. of flavor For 3.5 man This is really Really yeah. crushable As well Like I imagine You know Based on the names Of what You know You know Parks and Rec And Out and About And all that type of stuff This is intended for You know The picture On, on the label Is uh, like a fox On the beach so, you know, for people yeah. who are active, um, this is like, you know, you go for a hike, you finish up the hike, low ABV, crushable, uh, tons of flavor, but not over the top. You can have a few of these and it's no problem type of thing. And also, yeah, you know, highly yeah, yeah, problems.
1: yeah, no, exactly. We have a big, um, I'm not, I'm not a, a player myself, but there's a big uh, disc golf scene now on, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, on PEI. And and as soon as it came out, it became the, you know. Official, unofficial beer of um, <laughs> PEI disc
0: golf. Yeah, I love that. Um, what was the third hop? It was Sultana, Citra, and
1: um, Calypso? Calypso, that was the one. Sorry.
0: Okay, no, yeah, this yeah, is, no problem. This is really, uh, really tasty, man. Um, the so basically, we normally would start with this, but because we started with uh, with Libra, we sort of skipped over it. But yeah, I'd love to hear your personal beer history, how you personally got into beer and, and brewing, and then how that led to the to the brewery kicking off.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it probably like yeah, my now now here we are, yeah, 2022. So I would say, you know, for me home home brewing started um close to 20 years ago actually. Mm-hmm. Um I was I was home brewing, so I was um yeah, at university at uh at Dal in uh Halifax, Nova Scotia. Okay. And um I uh yeah, I did engineering. Um Excuse me. So um so yeah, a few of us um I would I would say, you know, um definitely price conscience when you're when you're a student. Um, yeah, of course you wanna get good get good value for your for your dollars and for your beer. So um a few of us got curious about home brewing. Um and so yeah, we started off um like a lot of home brewers buying buying like the you know, the canned kits with the syrup and you know you just dilute those in a bit of uh, a bit of boil, boiling water and oh, gosh pitch, pitch in the yeast and you know kind of hope for the best
0: um <laughs> and you're so, good to go
1: <laughs> you know that's like the you know the microwave dinner of um <laughs> <laughs> home brewing or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, that's
0: hilarious <laughs>
1: um, but that's how you know that's that's how it started um but then I'll say you know a couple of us got a little bit more curious and maybe had had a little bit higher standards and we wanted to figure out okay how do we you know how do we make something a little that tastes a little bit better so then we okay maybe let's let's try adding you know adding our own hops or um, you know bo- like yeah with you know boiling it or you know change like getting into kegging or or what improve on on the quality. Um, and then, and then I would say, I just, you know, kept, let's say, I kept taking it farther and farther and, you know, more and more from, from scratch. Um, right. You know, read, read a couple books, the, you know, the joy of homebrewing, um, is the, you know, the, the Bible of homebrewing for sure. So. What's the, is um, it John
0: Palmer's how to brew?
1: Yeah. John Palmer's how to brew is a, is a, yeah, the, it's still, it's still online. Yeah. Web-based, um, homebrewing book the yeah the joy of homebrewing was uh charles papazian okay um is who wrote that and he he founded the um american homebrewers association as well actually Hmm. um so so yeah i just you know just i'll say i just kept escalating it further and further um until at one point you know it was a a hobby out of control i guess we'll say i had you know a, a, a kegerator with uh three or four beers on tap, um, a whole room in the basement full of carboys and, and malt and, um, <laughs> uh, a kegerator. Um, and you know, there's a, pretty a much always a carb, always a dirty carboy soaking in the bathtub. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I just, you know, um, again, you know, big, a food, food lover really, you know, really technical. I would say. And, um, you know, just, just really wanted to keep making it, making it better. Right. Um, and eventually kind of, you know, kind of n- nailed a few recipes. Um, and so, you know, then when you're, you know, young guy going, going out with your friends, instead of, instead of grabbing a six pack or, or a 12 pack at the liquor store, well I'd, I'd show up at parties with a couple of growlers of my, of my homebrew. And I'd be like, Oh, do you, do you, you know, do you want to try this? And, um, eventually that's how I met Mitch just like randomly at, um, at a house party. Right. And, uh, he, he tried a beer that I had made that point. It was a, uh, vanilla cranberry stout, Dumb. Um, that I, that I had made for, I had made it for my brother's wedding originally. Actually, he got married, they got married at, um, around Christmas time. So, so yeah, he, he tried that and, um, and and yeah, then he you know he got curious about craft beer and and about the you know the the business of of, of a brewery and 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 whatnot. And um, probably two two or three years later, um, over lots more home brews and lots more beers, um, eventually we you know, opened up street. Okay,
0: so did you did you turn Mitch onto beers, or was he already kind of into it at the time?
1: I would say it was, I would say it was into beers, but didn't ha maybe nece- didn't necessarily, um, it's so far back, but didn't necessarily think about like, a you know, a craft brewery on PEI. At that point there was chairs broken here. At that <laughs> point, there was only, uh, I guess at that point there was one fairly large brewery on PEI, the PEI brewing company and the, uh, slash Gahan house. They had a, had a brew pub location. Oh, yeah. And then there was, yeah. And then there was, um, bar none, brewery as well that's sort of a uh yeah smaller um country brewery so so yeah there was no one no one else sort of in between um i would say and and uh a lot of restaurants i think around were probably still fairly skeptical um about craft beer at that point
0: okay and when was when did you guys decide to open that? like what year was that
1: uh we opened in june
0: of 2015 2015. So how long did it take you guys to, from when you go, when you decided like, Hey, we should do this to when you opened, what was that time? I was
1: uh, really, it was two years, I would say. Two years. Yeah. That's not bad. From when we said, when we said, let's, let's do it. And then, you know, what are we going to do? What size is it going to be? What are the beers going to be? You know, where, even where, where is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really wasn't until, it was probably nine months before we opened that we found, um, the building that we're in yeah right
0: that's a pretty decent time nine months isn't bad for the fit out and uh yeah build and everything yeah um, for sure
1: yeah we we took position yeah just before christmas of 2014 i guess and then okay. june yeah that's not bad
0: so then yeah. how was the response being that maybe you know the gahan brewery i definitely heard of them um out here i think they might have had a few beers in the lcbo uh, back in the day when I first uh, got into craft beer. Yep. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That's what I'm thinking of then. How, um, how was the response from the community being that it's from what you're saying? I definitely want to get into that more, like, you know, from a community that maybe is a little newer to the, I'm sure there's a bunch of diehards of course, like, like anyway, yeah. but yeah, what was the, the vibe?
1: Yeah. The response is really cool. So where we're, yeah, where we're located to, um, is we're just, you know, next to it, we're sort of out, just sort of outside of the downtown core next to a, you know, a residential area. Um, but it is kind of a, you know, a, a through fare, I guess we'll say, lots, lots of cars pass by and, and whatnot, but people can walk here or, or drive here or, or whatnot. But, but yeah, the response was, um, was interesting because yeah, it was, we were, you know, we started off with uh, with three beers. We had our mm-hmm. do-gooder pale ale, our Ruby Social, Strawberry, Rhubarb, um, Wheat Beer, and our Commons Pilsner. So um, we didn't start off you know, with anything too too heavy, Crazy. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everything was you know five point five percent or under kind of thing. Um, but um, but yeah, like the yeah restaurants were really excited to. To have another option i would say to Mm. to put on tap um and and yeah so we were yeah draft only for the first summer um and then we got a bottler and we um yeah we're into the into the the provincial liquor stores um in yeah late november yeah
0: 2015.
1: okay and did when you um you know, it
0: started out on this. Did you have an idea in mind to be like, all right, you know how, like, you know, a lot of breweries are focused on specific things. You know, maybe there's the Hayes breweries or they do lots of lagers and crispies and stuff. Like, did you go into this with, like, all right, we're going to do this? Or were you trying to maybe, you know, kind of hit all the styles? Like, did you have an intention at all?
1: Uh, I would say there's not really any styles that are necessarily like off limits for us, but, um, really try to focus on like accessible, um, accessible beers. I would say I wouldn't, I would I wouldn't say like, you know, we don't do like, we have maybe, you know, one, you know, higher ABV beers, but sort of lower, you know, low, low to moderate ABVs, um, a lot of flavor, but not like extreme flavors, I guess we'll say, you know, not, not too bitter, not too sour, like sort of like a little bit more. Again, I know safe is the wrong term, but just like accessible beers, I guess we'll Mm. say is, you know. um, (coughs) (coughs) And that was. Beers that you you can have more than one of, I would, I think too. Yeah. 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 And that was like, that was
0: the aim. That was like the, the intention from the, from the beginning was to do that essentially I I
1: think I think so yeah yeah I mean I guess I would say we're you know we're making beers that we like to drink ourselves too um very important yeah yeah yeah.
0: um like was that because of the community because of who the drinkers potentially were or like it was really one of those things where you and Mitch were just making what what you wanted and that happened to also align with the community too
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of that. And I, and I would say like, as like a new craft beer market, you know, we didn't, yeah, we didn't want to put out anything too, too risky or or whatnot. Um, I think, I mean, I would say we got, we got more adventurous as we, as we went along. Um, you know, we got into the, we had the, you know, barrel aged Imperial, um, stouts and, and whatnot. And, uh, um but had you know had some fun with some of those like um one that was a lot of fun was a a, a barrel a, yeah bourbon barrel age um wee heavy uh with spruce tips wow. um nice it was like yeah that, that one was a lot of lot of fun yeah see that's um, cool okay yeah yeah and then we do saisons like we have our um I guess we have, yeah, we do like three or four different saisons each year. We have our uh, De Novo. Um, that's our anniversary beer. Um, it's sort of a, you know, it's been different different types of Brett saison or dry hop saisons. And then now we're sort of trying some different um, fruited saisons. So we did pineapple tangerine last year and we're doing uh, apricot mango um, yes. this year. Yeah, just some some fun stuff with with fruit as well. Um I would say that, you know, that's another thing we do. We, you know, do do a lot of different fruit beers. Um, you know, the lot like I mentioned, the Lime Lager, um, not as maybe not as like, adventurous, but then, you know, strawberry strawberry rhubarb. There's not a lot of rhubarb um beers oh, out no. there. Um the pl- you know, plum goza. Um, we have a, uh, major Tom, uh, watermelon sour, um, it's out now. It's like a, you know, liquid Jolly Rancher. That's awesome. Um, that's a lot of fun. The cherry sour. So yeah, we have, you know, we have a lot of different fun with fruit beers too.
0: What would you say you're known for the most?
1: Um, I would say now we're, we're probably more known for, I would, you know, for IPAs, we would have, yeah. you know, the, the largest, largest selection of, of IPAs of, of any of the breweries on, on PEI.
0: Okay. Do you do a bit of everything? Bit of West Coast. Bit of like New England. Bit of American. Yep. Like
1: this one? Yeah. 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 Really, just a bit of everything. Um, and we don't necessarily. We, we you know we don't really get into some of the you know the hazies where okay let's put out the same beer but with different hops this time. Right. Um, we try to you know try try to do one of each style um, really well. Yeah. gotcha,
0: and, and keep that consistent. Okay, sweet. So when you uh, you started bottling in uh, 2016, it sounds like. Um, did you yeah. get distro outside of PEI at all?
1: Um, yeah, before yeah, before long we did get into yeah we got draft uh, in in Halifax and Nova Scotia. Um, yeah, the win uh, yeah the first winter I guess winter 2016, um, and then yeah some few a few like listings yeah with the liquor commissions um I mean yeah as you know probably the liquor rules and commissions are different in every province um I'm sure it'd be you know be an interesting spreadsheet to (laughs) to, you know map it all out and (laughs) compare them all but um you know in PEI we don't have any private liquor stores but in Nova Scotia there are a couple of um Groups of private liquor stores, so they're able to take in any product that the provincial liquor commission um, doesn't doesn't list or doesn't yeah doesn't have a, a general listing for. So so yeah, we we send lots of you know lots of beers um, over to um, at the Harvest Group and uh, and Bishop Cellar, are the two um, groups of uh, private liquor stores over there. So they'll they'll take all of our seasonals and they have you know all the, all the core beers as well there. Um, and then, yeah, I no, New Brunswick, um, as well. Um, we'll always have, you know, a few different beers there. Um, we do really well in Newfoundland too, actually, cool. um, with the, with our craft beers. Um, I think one thing we might have going in Newfoundland is that there's, there's not a lot of breweries that are doing their own cans mm-hmm. there. So, um, there's a lot of chance for other, you know, other craft breweries to, to get in there and, and from outside of Newfoundland to get their products into the stores there.
0: That's cool. I mean, so that means yeah. you're basically in every province in uh, Atlantic Canada, it sounds like, except Labrador. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're never in every province in Atlantic Canada. We don't have, and then, um, yeah, we don't have any of our beers in Quebec, um, but also also in conjunction with the the Libra Pale Ale launching at the LCBO, um, we'll try this beer in a few in a few minutes, I imagine. But the yeah, the Ruby Social is also going to be um, strawberry ruby wheat beer is going to be in the LCBO for the summer too,
0: which is great.
1: Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's and a pretty that, big
0: step. Yeah. Then, I guess getting uh, you know moving. These are your first two beers in Ontario, yeah. I imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, like the LCBO is the biggest purchaser of alcohol um, in the world. In in the world, actually, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy, it's a, it's yeah. A good so it's local. pretty pretty yeah. exciting.
0: Um, we we can do it. We probably actually looking at the the clock shortly. We can we can move on to whichever uh, whichever one is optimal, whether we do the Goza or the uh, the Weed first. You tell me. You sure, yeah, let's,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's yeah? let's try the let's try the Ruby Social since yeah. I was just um, just about
0: It was a good yeah. segue. The
1: red one. The yeah, red for sugars. sure. So this was, um, yeah, this was a beer that I. Um, one of the three that we opened with, and one one of the beers that I was um, homebrewing with as well okay. too before before we opened. Yeah. So um, again, you know, PEI is um, one of the one of the fruits that um, that grow here. I'll say we don't. You know, not everything grows here. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah. the strawberry and the rhubarb is uh, yeah. Strawberry and the rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, yeah when I was home brewing, um, we you know pick rhubarb and then um, chop it up into little pieces and kind of jam it into the carboy um, to to let it steep and stuff. So um, a lot of labor, a lot a lot of fun for sure. I bet, yeah. This one.
0: yeah. Yeah, you're right. The the rhubarb uh, isn't a super. I've seen a few like, strawberry rhubarb beers over the years, but it's super few and far between. Yeah. So it's um yeah it's pretty cool. So then um oh you pour it up beautiful. So this beer essentially so on the can it says wit beer. Would you can is it more of the Belgian style like wit or would yeah. you say it's sort of like a wheat? I guess I'm not without the differences to be honest.
1: Yeah, I would say it's you know kind of a kind of a hybrid. It does it has um it is spiced with um count. with coriander. We don't it doesn't have um. Uh, orange peel would be a traditional ingredient in a wit, wit beer. Right? Doesn't have any, uh, doesn't have those, but we kind of you know supplement some of those citrusy flavors with um, with some hops, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah. You know, it does it does kind of have the base of a you know a traditional um, wit beer. Um, yeah, and then we you know pu- um, add on the the strawberry and hibiscus um, purees um, in the in the fermenter.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, hibiscus as well.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 hibiscus. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, oh, right. So, yeah, yeah. So it's got hibiscus in the, in the kettle that um, we that adds a bit of a tartness and a bit of color to it as mm. well. Um, okay. So we found, yeah, just sort of found through, through brewing it, that the strawberry, the strawberry added flavor, but not a lot of the, the red color. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, because strawberry is an interesting one. This is a bit of a softer fruit that kind of needs a yeah a bit of a backbone. So the hibiscus. So you didn't go nuts in it. Obviously, if you know, if you're watching here, you can tell the, the color. How would you describe yeah. the color? It's like an opaque, pinky.
1: Yeah. 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 Red. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. So this this is uh, one of the flagships. I guess you would probably consider that one.
1: Yeah, this is one of our flagship beers and we've, you know, been making it right, right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's lots of, you know, lots of diehard fans, I would say of the, of the Ruby social. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also Mm -hmm. one that we found that, you know, even people that didn't necessarily think that they, they liked beer. Um, it's one that we'd, you know, give them to try at, you know, we're out at, you know, at, at events or, or whatnot. Um, And I think we, you know, kind of won people over with it for sure.
0: Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely is that kind of like summery patio type of thing, but you can still sort of like crush it year round. Um, Yeah. This style, why did you choose this particular style, like a whipped beer, which I guess is sort of like, you always get to, I always think like 2015, it's not that long ago, but I feel like in the beer world, it was such a, like things yeah. were very like it sort of changed so much I remember I drank a lot of wits I think around that time um I feel like it was almost more common at the time but i I imagine this one it was some one of those things where it was just became like a real hit amongst the the locals yeah. and everything yeah
1: yeah for sure no yeah it would have been qu- it was quite you know for PEI yeah, too quite quite novel and mm. and um, <clears throat> unique on the on the beer scene for sure okay um yeah, I know it's not well. It's not the same exactly, but you know, All- Allagash White um, is the big, you know, most well-known. I would say on the American craft beer scene as far as uh, with beers go. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's true. Um, no, this is super solid, man. I haven't had anything like this for for a little while. It's a bit of a nice day out here, so it's kind of like it feels like. Yeah, I know exactly how this can um, how this can fit in. This is super cool. So. Why did you choose this specific one um, to go for the LCBO along with the Libra Pale?
1: Yeah, well, I would say we didn't—not that we didn't have a choice, but um, th- this was the one that they selected. Like we had put put forward all of our um, flagship beers. Um, it may have—it may have even been like a call, a summer call for for fruit beer specifically. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, um, not that we wouldn't have chosen it had, you know, given the choice or or whatnot, but this was the, this was one that they, um, decided, you know, fit, fit what they were looking for, for that, um, summer listing. Perfect. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I imagine it probably would be
0: a good fit in the, I'm just thinking the LCBO like that. I feel like it would, it would be a unique offering and something cool as well because it's from somewhere that maybe many people haven't been or don't get a
1: lot of beers from, from PEI. So it's... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. And then the no name, concern. like the, I mean, the name is, like, uh, strawberry socials are kind of a big thing, um, maybe not during the past couple of years, but um, maybe maybe come again this this year, The you know, the local church will have a strawberry social or the, um, you know, local pop politician kind of have a you know, Sunday afternoon, strawberry social show up and kind of, you know, shake hands and kiss babies. And, oh, that's what um, it's called. Like when people and just, what and whatnot. Yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah. People, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a, you know, definitely a, I think a PI thing, if not Atlanta, Canada
0: hmm.
1: thing, thing or whatnot. So, um, so, so yeah, that, you know, the name is kind of a, kind of a play on that. And, um, and and yeah, I mean the uh, the label's always gotten some gotten some funny looks for for sure. But we have have some fun with that. Yeah.
0: What's the uh, looks like? I don't know if it's oh, I guess that's the social that you're referring to. Like that's the
1: yeah, the social. You know, they're they're at the social, but then the you know the guy, the, the skull guy or whatever is the maybe the unexpected guest. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. I thought it was a wedding yeah. or something, but that makes much more sense. Okay, so that's like yeah, a cool, yeah. fun local reference i've just i've never heard that i like that a lot
1: yeah 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 no no totally yeah um yeah i shouldn't i didn't didn't, haven't mentioned it yet but i should mention our our designer um for all of our for all of our labels not not for the libra we work with um small monsters for for those but um judd haynes um is our designer for all of our um upstreet beers uh, and he's a designer out of newfoundland and for us yeah when we when we were getting started um we you know we're big big music lovers i would i would say as well and and so we we really wanted to try to have like a music feel with our labels like you know whether it be you know an album cover or concert poster kind of a feel so um so yeah we sort of sought out um someone you know a canadian artist and and um how we found judd was um through a local connection um you know we had found out that he had done some artwork for tragically hip and blue rodeo and city in color and you know lots lots of really cool like canadian bands and and so yeah we had a mutual friend um introduce us uh to him um and and yeah, we've been working with him ever since. So we'll, you know, we'll give him the name name of the beer and maybe some of the information and whatnot that's um, going to appear on the on the side of the label. And then he'll he'll come back with a you know totally unique um, concept for the for the artwork. That's great. Um, and it's a bit you know a bit of a longer process, I would say, than than some. Um, some beer labels, but um, I think it's worth it, and it, it you know makes them stand out.
0: Definitely, I can see that because I've seen the city and color stuff, so I know exactly the vibes. As, as you said that, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I like that because that kind of like yeah ties in the music, and it's I, I guess someone who's you know been doing this for a while, and this is your brand. This is what people are going to remember. So you want it to be uh, you know thoughtful, and and if it takes a while, it takes a while. It's, it's definitely yeah. worth it. Okay, that's sick, man. So the flagships. I actually forgot to ask earlier. How many flagships do you have, and what are they?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess rather than count, try to count them. Yeah, kind of go. <laughs> I'll kind of go through them. So, um, so yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, we still have our three originals: the, the Dugader, uh Pale Ale, Strawberry rhubarb, whitbeer, Beer, uh, Ruby Social, Commons Pilsner, um, and then we have uh, a White Noise um, IPA. So that's yeah, seven percent IPA. So. Um, that's probably our second most popular beer now after commons. Um, and then we have a, uh, 80 Bob, uh, Scottish export ale, um, a nice, uh, you know, the, the malt bomb of the family. Um, and then we have uh go devil, um, IPA 6.66%. Um, and, uh, third place, uh, double IPA. Um, and then yeah, those those are the cores, and then yeah, a few different seasonals: um, Grave Digger Pumpkin Ale, the Major Tom Watermelon Sour, um, Black Tie Affair. Uh, yeah, that that's the uh, the Vanilla Cranberry Stout actually that I mentioned ah. earlier did did eventually become you know a real life beer too. Yeah, that's awesome. A yeah. cool yeah. name for it too. Uh, and that, okay. yeah, and I guess yeah. you got the, and, uh, the Box
0: and Rack and the that that new pack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, then the, then the new, yeah, the Better For You beers, the, uh, yeah, Parks and Rec, the Limelight, Lime Lager, the Go-Go-Goza that we'll probably finish initially. with. Yes, that. Yeah, yeah. Where did the um, oh, co- go? On. Oh, yeah, quite, so, yeah, quite a variety. And then, yeah, yeah we, do, um, we do an in. So I mentioned, yeah, the De Novo, the this year, yeah, Apricot, Mango, Saison. And then we do a really cool collaboration with the, um, the Inn at Bay Fortune and um, Chef Michael Smith. Um, uh, so he, you know, our, our, our local PEI celebrity chef. Um, so he, yeah, you know, he has the has a restaurant. And then he also had, actually has a farm on site with the restaurant and a full time farmer, um, Kevin. So him and I actually work together. Um, on a beer every year. And uh, so it's using ingredients that are grown on their farm. Um, So last year it was, uh, it's always a saison. So yeah, last year it was a um, uh, apple and marigold um, saison. So marigold flowers that they um, harvested and dried. And then this year is a uh, basil and mint uh, saison. So kind of like a mojito type um, flavor profile on that.
0: That's fascinating. I love that. That's really interesting. Maragon, yeah. I've only ever seen that one other beer before, so that's very cool. That uh, yeah, bringing them in. I like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: totally. So that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, the I wanted to ask about the um, uh, the Better for You series. Like, where did that? I don't know if we touched on it before, but like, the, did that idea for the low calorie kind of more crushable thing? Obviously, you know, it's PEI. feels like a real. I feel like all of land in Canada is a pretty outdoorsy, I mean, obviously yeah. not in the damn winter, but like, you know, a pretty uh, outdoorsy place. So it would, did it, was it inspired by that or was it kind of similar to, excuse me, Libra in the sense of it was a little more, um, just aiming at some more balance or was it somewhere between the two?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say it's somewhere in between. Yeah. So like, you know, beers that kind of, you know, fit a more of an outdoor, outdoor sort of active lifestyle, um, The, yeah, this year is the, you know, it's the out and about variety pack and last year it was the, you know, Beach Day Essentials, um, variety pack with a, you know, similar lineup of beers and it's, you know, you know, whether it's, um, yeah, it's the, it's the kind of thing, you know, you can take to the beach and throw in your cooler and, um, you know, sip on for, sip on for a couple hours or have a couple while you're tossing a frisbee around or, or, or whatnot. Um. Or or yeah, you can you know take take a take a four pack in for for a round of disc golf or or, or hike yeah hiking the woods or, or whatnot yeah so um, again you know something that's not not too heavy but still has a decent amount of flavor.
0: Hmm, I like that. I mean, it seems to be. i was sort of curious if it was like reflecting the.
1: You know the the the
0: things that you know, like usually you know, food and and any and beverages and things like that would probably reflect the activities, behaviors, things that people yeah. in that area do. So um, obviously, you know, Canada is a great outdoors country as well. You know, year round, so it's kind of always necessary. Probably more so in the summer, obviously. But um, no, it's cool. It makes it makes a lot of sense. So, like I said earlier at the beginning, like we haven't had anyone on from the East coast. So I'd love to hear a, a bit about the, I mean, I'm familiar. I've tried some, some breweries from, uh, from a few different uh, provinces out there, but I'm not like super like tapped in. I imagine maybe a lot of our audiences either. Um, maybe if you could just speak to the, the craft beer scene and sort of how it's looking and yeah. how it's sort of changed over the last few years, both in PEI and kind of the greater Atlantic, uh, provinces.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we do, you know, it is still, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of breweries. I would say it's still kind of a small scene really compared to the rest of the country as far as like the, you know, overall craft beer market share. Um, but yeah, there's over, you know, there's almost 200 breweries within the four, um, Atlantic provinces. Um, yeah. And we have, you know, we also have, I guess we have a small, a small number of beer bars too. I would say we have, um, <coughs> Hop Yard, uh, would be our, you know, main kind of beer bar in, in Charlottetown and then, um, some really great beer bars in, in Nova Scotia with uh Stillwell and Battery Park would kind of um, be the, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably heard of Stillwell. They Definitely. they have a brewery as well, actually. Okay. Um, but, uh, they were sort of, you know, brewing out of another brewery space. And then they've, I think they are just opening their own brewery, um, within the last couple of months, I think. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so there's you know, quite a few, uh, breweries in Nova Scotia. We actually also have a brew pub in Dartmouth, um, Nova Scotia, um, upstreet barbecue brew house, it's called. So it's cool. a, you know, barbecue, brew, barbecue restaurant with a, With a small um, brew pub system there and we you know make beer to sell on site and maybe sell a few kegs to restaurants in the city there too.
0: And I guess you send over the stuff that you produce in PA as
1: well? Yeah yeah we send some stuff over and and make some beer on site there too. Yeah that's cool. Um, But yeah there's lots of you know lots of great breweries in in Nova Scotia. there's a uh, propeller and garrison. They're, they're each uh, celebrating their 25th anniversary actually this year. Wow. Um, so, and they're still, still making great beers. Um, someone asked me the other day, you know, my favorite Atlanta, Canada brewery and I actually said propeller um, even, you know, after, after all these years, they're still, they're still finding ways to innovate and put out um, really great um, IPAs I would say. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I remember both of those. In, they they were both yeah. in the
1: uh, LCBO when I was in Toronto a lot like, when I, yeah. lived there.
0: Um, but I Remember them? They were they had the big uh, like the five hundred mil kind of curved bottles. So that's cool. Okay, so yeah. that's both still around, live and kicking. Love to hear it. Um, yeah, is it, I, I imagine it's probably grown a lot the scene
1: out there over the last. Yeah.
0: Uh, like everywhere else.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, there like there would have been. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, but like I said, you know, there's there's nine breweries on PEI now and we were we were just the third one. Um, so it's been you know, similar growth I would say within the within the other provinces.
0: What's the population of PEI? To put that uh,
1: 140, 140, for the whole
0: <laughs> yeah. island. Jeez, I mean yeah, so for the nine. Whole breweries. Island. Yeah.
1: What's yeah. that
0: work out to be per person? That's pretty dope. Per capita.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we have a pretty good number per capita. I think yeah. Nova Scotia probably has Nova Scotia probably has more breweries per capita. There's a lot. There's a few um, smaller nano breweries and whatnot right. over there too. Yeah, has the like? Would you say that?
0: I guess I'm just trying to get to sort of understand sort of what you know where people are at as far as maybe the let's say complexity. It's not really the word. But the, you know, where people's palates are at and where people's sort of heads are yeah. at in general, like, would you say it's more yeah. of a, you know, obviously every region, you know, the capital, even if you say greater Quebec, like, you know, obviously Montreal is significantly more advanced than than other places. And I imagine Toronto yeah. is Ontario, Vancouver, blah, blah, blah. So sort of in the East, like generally speaking, obviously we can paint it with a broad brush here, but. You know, are, yeah. are people pretty sophisticated craft beer drinkers? Are, are are people chasing trends like a lot of them are out here, or are people more just enjoying yeah. the, you know, the brew pub kind of vibe where it's like you know,
1: yeah. No, that's a good question. Yeah, I w- I would say like within like say Halifax or Fredericton, a couple of like the larger cities, cities that the, that people would be chasing trends more there. Okay. Um, I would say on PEI, you know, I mentioned the fact you know we're like. Okay, we didn't, you know, we don't get into, you know, brewing the same beer with just different hops every time. That, you know, that might be a trend that you might see elsewhere in in Ontario or or whatnot. That's and that's just that's something that never really caught on. I wouldn't say in in PEI or um, or elsewhere. Um, Another thing that never really caught on was like the really like high ABV um, barrel age beers.
0: Like it was just never.
1: We've, like we've put out farm. a few, but and other breweries have put out a few, but it's like everyone just kind of puts out maybe one a year kind of thing. Hmm. It's not something that people seek out.
0: Hmm.
1: Why do you think that is for both of those um, things? Uh, I don't know. I, gu- I guess, like, yeah, people don't – like, you know, pe- people still – it's not that people don't drink as much here, maybe necessarily as other places, but – um maybe they're just you know too too extreme in flavor or something could could be yeah. i don't I don't really know yeah
0: yeah it's an it's an interesting thing i mean it could just be the development of how deep cause I i feel like both yeah. say like the you know the haze where like it i mean they're not all necessary i know you're like joking but you know they yeah. can be samey if you if you have a look uh if, if you go to a brewery yeah. that does that type of thing or you know I feel like the, the Imperial Stouts and the Bourbon Barrel Age things are kind of niche. I feel like they're both yeah, maybe a larger niche with the haze because it's kind of grown significantly. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I imagine maybe just the, the beers didn't get nerdy enough or something out there,
1: perhaps. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I to do, you mind, do you mind if I take five and just run down to the washroom?
0: Go for it. No, no, I'll keep I don't it going. I know that's a- Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I was even thinking the same. You go for it first and uh, – Let's yeah, go. yeah. Yeah, I'll keep it okay, going. No,
1: so, yeah, sorry about that. I'll be, I'll just be right back. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: No problem at all. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, you're right. It's part of the game. I forgot to tell you earlier. It's all good. Go for it. Yeah, guys. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing with regard to that because I imagine that maybe the bigger cities are probably more inclined to getting into, say, um, – uh the the haze or the extreme you know uh barrel aged beer and things like that that kind of feels more uh, accurate to me just say based on you know like maybe people in small town ontario you know a couple hours away from toronto uh probably aren't going to be haze chasers or like you know gagging for the next pastry start or anything like that uh, as opposed to maybe people closer to Toronto or something. Because I'm just trying to think, like, you know, there's a few of the, the sort of Hayes uh, forward breweries in Ontario, like, you know, Barncat in Cambridge or Badlands in Caledon or uh, Third Moon in Milton there or, um, you know, folks like that that are outside of the city. I'm trying to think of outside of the city ones. Um, they've kind of started them there, but I feel like maybe Ontario is a, a more of an outlier as far as um, – People kind of chasing all of those trends. So it's sort of curious. I know, like, say, in the, in, if we come back to the East Coast, you got, I think, uh, Trailways in Fredericton uh, that would, you know, you put them in probably the trendy haze kind of category. Um, two Crows and fuck, what's the other one in Halifax? I swear there's another one in Halifax that does all haze stuff um, that would, you know, be more in that trendy vibe. It might come to me later. Or maybe I am just thinking of Two Crows, but. I think that's, um, it's interesting. I imagine if, it's, if the entire province of PEI only has 140k people, which is fucking crazy. I had no idea it was that small. Um, that, you know, it's, it might just not be possible to grow a nerdy craft beer scene with that few people because there probably wouldn't be enough craft beer nerds for it to kind of ex- expand. And then on top of that, you're an island that I imagine, I don't know if there's any bridges to it, completely know nothing about PEI. But if there's no bridges to it, then, you know, maybe it's just not possible uh, to start a um, a super I was just hypothesizing whilst you were uh, about where that's. Are there bridges from the mainland to PEI or is it like a ferry
1: thing? Uh, Yeah, there's one bridge and one ferry. So there's a, a ferry to Nova Scotia and a bridge to New Brunswick. Ah, no shit. Okay. I was just thinking,
0: like, maybe just yeah. the, the population there just isn't enough to be able to warrant a super hyper nerdy craft beer scene. Like, there's just maybe just not enough people. And then the fact that you're a little more isolated um, yeah. would probably make that a little more chill. Um, yeah, I'm was just i just trying to sort of get, like, a handle of sort of who, you know, yeah. what, what people are drinking in general. Yeah. Uh,
1: out that way i'm going to run to the washroom while you
0: do this and i can still hear you so keep talking
1: yeah no it's it's definitely interesting because it's you know i I think about it a lot uh when we're trying to figure out what you know what new beers to put out or maybe why why a new beer that we thought you know was gonna was gonna be really popular maybe didn't do as well so um so yeah there are you know not definitely not as many um Beer nerds, I would say, um, in Charlottetown or in in PEI in general, there, there are still some, of course. Um, some of them some of them work at Upstream uh, or at other at other breweries. Um, but but yeah, there's not that um, you know yeah there's not that critical mass. I wouldn't say that, um, that some of the larger cities would have to. Um, you know, sort of warrant putting out um, a lot of experimental or or one-off beers. Um, yeah, one of uh, one of the brewers that that works here, Kate. She she worked at um, Merritt Brewing. Oh, in Hamilton. Um, in, yeah, in in Hamilton before she before she came um, to work here. So we yeah we talk a lot about this. Uh, Okay, what you know, what we love, Saison, so we'd love to have one you know available all the time, but um, we I guess we're we're, we're niche, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, no,
0: that makes sense because, like, say, here in Quebec, uh, Saison's farmhouse, you know, is super super popular, say, it was so was barrel aged stouts and things like that, huge out here, lambics, yeah. all of that. You go to Ontario; it tended to be more like Quebec was super late on the haze, and funnily enough, on like all the lagers, and you know, like there was seemed to be this uh, uh, you know critical mass of uh, brewers who went to Prague in the from like 2018 to before the yeah. pandemic type of thing, and all of a sudden now we're we've got all of these really great Czech lagers and things like that um, everywhere. So it's sort of like every sort of region. I'm mostly familiar with with Quebec and Ontario. So I'm like I understand kind of the way that they're the drink has kind of evolved. There's a, a few breweries doing pastries and uh, barrel aged age stuff in in Ontario, but it doesn't have a, a fraction of the attraction that it does out here. So I would imagine it's sort of you know it, that every sort of place kind of has their thing. Like if you are saison's a great example, like it's it's a bit more of a niche thing. There's some in Ontario, but not that many. And there's become a few breweries now yeah. that are maybe focusing on that, on more of the Hill Farmstead kind of style stuff. And um, that's kind of just their thing. And they're catering to a hype, a niche within a niche type of thing. So it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you guys have a... Do, do, can, do people, like, do you bring in
1: products from elsewhere? Or is it sort of like PEI stuff. Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, yeah, we bring in, we bring in products from elsewhere, but the, you know, the vast majority of craft beers, I would say are the, you know, from the breweries on, on PEI. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, yeah, the other breweries, I mean, they, yeah, they, I think they, I think they do fine. I think that, you know, people just pr- would probably maybe prefer to support local. That makes complete sense.
0: I mean, I feel, I feel like it's yeah. kind of the same anywhere. More more curious yeah. as, to, as to how people's – the drinkers' sort of palates and ideas of craft beer are shaped, whether it's a strictly yeah. local thing or whether they have a similar you know, situation to Ontario or Quebec where you can't have access to yeah. – we don't have much here in Quebec outside of the province. There's very, very few. The only one really regularly, I think – Two Crows and um, Trailway, I believe, both have distro here, but that's kind of it that I can think of. So it's like yeah. super few and far between to even get your hands on it. Like you'd have to know somebody that would, you know, yeah, that would trade you or whatever. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, no, totally. So like, yeah, some of the beers that like would be for sale, like from outside of you know outside of PEI. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd get your, you'd get your. Um, it's funny. I will say, say Moosehead, but you know, that's it's Moosehead's an interesting one because they're, you know, they're a large I'm not I'm not calling Moosehead a craft brewery, but um, you know, they're, 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 they're Canada's they're they're Canada's largest um independent brewery. So, does that does that still make them a craft brewery uh, or not? Or, yeah. But You know what? You have they to have a, They have a craft brewery division, I guess we'll say, but Okay. Um so yeah, they have some some sort of unique one-offs um under them and then yeah like nine locks uh two crows um pump house would be another one that's you know kind of a oh, larger larger craft brewery um that would be here um spindrift uh breton brewing at a cape breton yeah uh garrison um propeller Is there yeah a robot? i mean not really Good Some robot, good yeah. They're, so they're yeah. Good robots out of um, uh, out of out of Halifax. It. Yeah. Good robots, okay. kind of like our, uh, you know, brother from another mother kind of uh, kind of brewery. Yeah. Um, Done. And we we opened around the same time, and you know, been kind of became fast friends with them um, right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so it seems yeah. like though, like for
0: for drinkers, say within PEI is there is there a reasonable diverse like diversity of offerings or is it sort of like maybe because Halifax I, I imagine my guess would be Halifax is probably the biggest city in the region and then that yeah. would that would probably have most of the tastes covered uh, you know being you've only got nine breweries in PEI i imagine it's there's only so many yeah much. yeah you can do. Yeah, that.
1: no, totally. I would say like, um, you know, as far as the beer, the, the beers that sell well, well here, um, like PI Brewing company has their 1772, um, IPA sort of more like a, you know, say a hybrid between like a, a British and a West coast IPA. So, you know, malt, malt forward and, and sort of more sort of like old, yeah, old school hop profile. Um, and then, yeah, like our commons Pilsner would, would be like one of the top. Again, in the, like the, consistently in the sort of the top sellers, as far as like craft beers go, uh, copper bottom is another brewery. So they've, they've won uh, some Canadian brewing awards for their beers too. So they have, um, an APA and, uh, and a double IPA that are pretty good. Um, and then, well, yeah, Lone Oak has a um, pale ale and a, and a pilsner that do pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, like our, you know, our double IPA and and, and then our you know, white noise IPA do well. So, like, that's, I guess, like, that's kind of the mix of the top 10. Um, oh, yeah, Gahan, right. Pi yeah, Brewing Company and Gahan have, like, a, a blueberry wheat beer, two, and a, and a beach chair lager. Yeah. That's more or less the top 10. I would say, you know, kind of more, you know, more IPA focused and, and, and lager focused. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So that's where drinkers are at there. Where would you, where would you put Upstreet then as far as like, who do you cater towards? I know you said sort of earlier, it was very, um, you know, easy drinking stuff that's approachable um, and, you know, lower on the ABV. So like who tends to sort of be like, do you, is there a certain yeah. dem- demographic or sort of like type of individual that, yeah. that you see most common?
1: Yeah. yeah, I would say, you know, like sort of a younger crowd or, you know, professional crowd, um, would be sort of our main customers. We have, we have another, uh, bar downtown called, um, craft beer corner. That's kind of the real, like, i say it's the hotspot, um, for, for the young people to, to go to and, and hang out, um, it's really small. It's always you know hard hard to get in, hard to get a table on a right. on a Friday or, or Saturday night. Um, that's kind of interesting. I know we this is the this is a beer podcast, <laughs> but um, we do we do make um, we do make some other beverages. We have our rewind uh, seltzers, cool. Two vodka, vodka seltzers. Yeah, Can we um, talk about that here. We've so, done whole
0: episodes on seltzers. That's
1: fine. Yeah. Oh now. yeah, right on yeah yeah so we have our you know rewind vodka seltzers and those are those are all um low calorie low carb as well all 100 calories um and so one thing we find you know craft beer corner is sort of an interesting snapshot of the of the demographic i would say of what Mm. you know what young people are are drinking um and you know beer beer is still number one but um a lot of people drink the drink, the seltzers. And then we have some, um, we put out some hot, like a uh, high test, uh, like 12%, uh, kegged cocktails, um, last summer that, that, um, are quite popular too. So, um, to get a, you know, group of three or four might split a split a pitcher of those <laughs> over some ice on a, on a hot summer afternoon kind of thing The yeah, blueberry mojito and, uh, Pineapple party punch are the two flavors of those.
0: Wow, I've only ever seen that in like New York or something. Yeah, that's cool. amazing, man.
1: Yeah, so the yeah you know, the keg cocktails are going well, and that's something that I think we're going to you know plan to put out in cans um, this That'll coming kill. winter too. Yeah, Sick. that's so clever. That's really creative. I love that. Yeah, so we really there's not re- like you know we're you know a brewery first, but um, really a beverage company uh, in general, like any, you know, and nothing is really off limits. limits Um, And, and and yeah, like I, where I did all the, you know, the recipe development and everything for the, for the rewinds as well. And that was, um, you know, totally different process than, than brewing more of a a blending process. Yeah.
0: Right. I imagine they did pretty well though. Like I feel like seltzers are huge right now still.
1: Yeah, they do really well. Like our, um, Actually our top selling product last year was our raspberry lemon uh, seltzer Wow yeah. does that how does that make you feel as a brewer does that it's like
0: man what's going on or
1: are you like cool whatever yeah i'm I'm, I'm not like i'm I, I would say I'm sort of in, in between I like, not like not like whatever like i' I'm, I'm you know I'm, I guess I'd say i'm you know pr- proud of something that i've you know that I've created that people are enjoying and whether you know whether it's beer or it's you know it's libra non-alcoholic beer um we do some non-alcoholic sodas as well so like we have a blueberry cream soda and a strawberry rhubarb lemonade um so they're all you know they're you find the creative outlet in whatever we happen to be working on
0: that's awesome man i i respect that a lot though because i know it's sort of like it's probably fun for you to flex your like you said, the creative muscle and and use those brewing skills for you know beer adjacent products, which is what all these kind yeah. of are. And I feel like it's that same innovation that would uh, carry across like to craft sodas and, and things like that. It's just fun yeah. and interesting. So that's awesome, dude. I love it. I don't know why. I really like yeah, your brand. Sure. I feel like it's like that. Definitely from what the, the the sort of vision I had of what you guys, without obviously having been there, because it's kind of hard to get a picture. Hence all the questions to try and really understand where, where exactly yeah. where upstreet is positioned and stuff like all of this feels very right. much on brand for, for what you're doing and it feels like it'd be like a real fun place to come and basically would take, uh, cater to all taste if people come with kids where well, you got soda and stuff and if people are driving you yeah libra uh, If people want to be whiling out or whatever i mean the, the cocktails probably aren't massive abv i imagine it's probably pretty crushable
1: uh the, no they're like 12 percent okay yeah, so they're probably. decent but that's what cocktails yeah, yeah. probably are yeah, yeah, that's what cocktails are. We just you know serve it in a smaller serving size kind of thing. Of course. So so yeah, like on that note, like our you know our our mission statement at Upstreet is to refresh the community, and um, and yeah, like we do that with with our beverages, and you know no no style is is off limits, and then you know the community aspect is really important too, and that you know ties into our into our B core status and, and really trying to be leaders in our community. I love that. That's awesome, man. Um,
0: on that, do you want to, uh, jump to the Goza? Yeah, sure. Let's do it up. Thank you so much. So Goza is, uh, we're about to come into the moving into the perfect time of year. So a plum yeah, Goza, Go that's, Goza.
1: Tell us about the plum, uh, element. Is it yellow plums? Um, yeah well uh it was yeah it's funny um uh it was yellow plums last year <laughs> okay um uh yeah given basic- basically like it's funny like it's come it's come up quite a bit the you know hashtag global supply chain
0: oh yeah
1: crisis or, or whatnot but um yeah so last year it was golden plums and then this year it's more of a, a blush plums yeah
0: Okay, um, so is that mean oh, what's a blush? It's more, yeah,
1: it's more. Uh, well, more more of a pink color. Yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. So, so yeah, tell us. This is four percent. Yeah, so a,
1: yeah, four percent. So what's you know what's different about this is that we're trying to yeah trying to make it um, low calorie, low carb as well. Yeah. So the co- the color is actually a lot more fun. This year It'd say, you know more last year it was more of a hazy yellow kind of a color um it's it's nice that, yeah the colorful ones they they obviously like stand out in the glass
0: yeah of course yeah the um color is beautiful like it's like a nice opaque color kind of like guava juice yeah i would say
1: yeah and so there's lots of um lots of plum what's interesting if you yeah we have our um we could we, with the nutritional panel and the ingredient deck. You'll see on the on the can there. Um, plum is actually the second most uh, second biggest ingredient after water. Wow, um, there's a lot there's of plums. More, in here. Yeah, there's more plums in there than than malt, basically. Yeah. Wow. And um, um, is this a summer thing or is it like year-round thing? Uh, it is, yeah, it's, it's more of a summer thing. We, we kind of, it, you know, kind of lingered about around a bit, um, into the fall, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it's got a nice, nice little bit of salt, um, to it to bring out that, those rose fruit flavors. Um, and, you know, as far as the sourness level goes, it's, you know, it's not gonna, not gonna melt your. Tongue off. You're not no. going to have to do a shot of pepto bismol or something after you <laughs> after you drink it. Yeah, but it is, you know, it's it's sour. It scratches it scratches that itch um, for sure.
0: No, it's um it's super subtle, and I guess it's also the um, in the hundred calories uh, zone, which is tons of flavor for such a low amount of calories here. Um. The salt is like pretty, like it's clearly there, but it's not like yeah. super in your face either. Like it's definitely a, clearly it goes up, but it's like it's very approachable, um, which is coming back yeah, for what sure. you're saying for.
1: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that burn to it or whatever that you might mm. get with um, with too much salt.
0: Yeah, mm. a nice little yeah, creamy
1: so body. Have... Yeah, yeah, totally. No, yeah, decent decent body. Some nice. Um, wheat malt and stuff in there to kind of enhance that
0: um yeah it works really well that's the all of it together i imagine that uh, what's the response to like a, a beer like it goes that even though literally it's like a historical style i imagine that maybe some of the um you know folks who are a bit newer to beer might not have been super familiar with something like this
1: yeah yeah, no, no, for sure. So that's why, you know, we have like Session Sour on there to kind of give people a bit of a, you know, no idea heads, what up, it a heads up on what it, what it might taste like. Um, you know, that's another thing too. We we talked about maybe how, you know, how Saison's or Imperial Stouts or whatnot, are are you know, not as well received here. I would say the same thing kind of goes for sour beers. Um, another you know big trend in in craft beer where you know breweries are doing sour beers but again they're not doing them in in, you know big quantities like we'll do you know we're kind of doing two sours this year we have our watermelon sour and we have the plum sour and other breweries are kind of in a similar boat Um, again you know you might see some places that maybe put out a new sour beer every month or every couple of weeks or, 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 whatnot. But, um, just with our, you know, smaller, smaller market, um, this doesn't, they just don't really work or they work better in the summer when there's a bit more of a influx of tourists around.
0: Mm, yeah. I can, I can see that as well. And particularly like, I guess it makes sense. Essentially. I imagine PEIs a mostly, uh, excuse my ignorance, like a beach kind of people go there for that sort of ocean yeah. vacay. Right. So then, all yeah, of totally. these—that's yeah. that kind of vibe. Okay, so the, all of these, like Crush and are is very, very much in line with, um, with what you would expect. I kind of imagine you go to a beach town and want to drink a twelve percent imperial stout. You know, <laughs> no, no, totally. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. when you consider the actual environment, because I feel like environment and community play a, a large role into um, you know what a brewery is going to make. And I imagine, like as a drinking yourself. And as a brewer, you you probably, like you, you've essentially said that you're into kind of everything, like nothing's really off limits. But when yeah. you're actually making a business, because brewing a beer is, a, you know, essentially a business decision. So you yeah. do have to make the right thing to be like, you know, you can go and make these stouts all that you want, but if people don't want to come to the beach town to drink them, then, you know, it's probably not the smartest business decision. Like you can, you know, you can swing it here and there. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting how all of those things kind of align to kind of I was gonna say dictate, I guess it kind of is dictating, you know, what, what you want, because you obviously have control. So you could be like, I'm gonna yeah. turn this community onto this style right now. And I imagine that's probably something that you've done as well as, you know, yeah,
1: their I, would, I mean, I wouldn't give ourselves all the credit. But I said, you know, I said, we're, you know, we're well known for for IPAs. But I would, you know, I would say that we were one, you know, the the leaders in bringing different types of IPAs to the to market for sure yeah maybe maybe not the best but you know maybe like the first and in, in some respects you know maybe maybe the right. best in some regards but not not every beer you know what i mean like i'm not yeah right be, be, be real about it <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah like ipas or even you know like the like the barrel aged imperial lager or whatever that we that we did like it was a cho- like chocolate salted imperial lager we called it yeah that's awesome. sort of like a barrel aged stout kind of thing but like people people still there's people there's a, a a vocal minority i guess we'll say of people that still um talk about that beer and ask for that beer but there's on, it's only there's only like three or five people kind of thing <laughs> they're um, excited about they really it. it right yeah are you, are you they're excited it? about it it took like it took almost a year to sell through all the bottles, kind of thing. So, um, right.
0: So it's not really worth not, you.
1: Not a great business decision. To, no. Yeah. Could you? I mean, at yeah. least and it's at hard. Price. Yeah.
0: Could you yeah, do like a hard small hard match?
1: Hard. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, yeah, we we talked about that and and whatnot. Um, one thing that's kind of going on within the brewery too is with um, with the Libras, um, is that they are you know they're 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 low alcohol and alcohol is like sort of a, you know, a natural preservative in, in beverages too. And so, um, we kind of got, get worried about getting into, you know, wild beers or barrel aged beers or or whatnot while we're still, um, you know, all in on the Libras, we wouldn't want to see any kind of like, you know, cross contamination with, uh, with wild yeast or, (laughs) or or, pressure or whatnot. So, That's kind of another thing that sort of naturally happened with, you know, migrating away from some of those um, beer styles.
0: That makes sense. Um, You still, I imagine that the Libra is probably quite large um, batches or at least they're pretty, you're kind of pumping it
1: out at this point. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like half our, you know, it's half of our (coughs) production right now. Shit. So, I mean, that's Um, amazing
0: could you move them or yeah. would there be plans to move to its own dedicated space for that? Even if there's not yeah. like a tap room, cause you could have like a production facility that's outside of Upstream yeah. to then free it back up to do whatever else you want to do there whilst running Libra yeah. exclusively from another spot.
1: No, totally. Yeah. Like we're t- talking about that and it'll probably, it'll probably happen within, within the next couple of years. Um, We're doing one more tank expansion this year. We have some, you know, new tanks coming in June and July. Um, 90 barrel tanks. And that'll be, um, yeah, that'll be our last expansion. There's no more physical space.
0: Right. So then you tap down in there. And then, you know, I guess as this brand grows, because it's like you you are aggressively growing this brand. um, And rightly so. Because it's so fire and it's winning awards and... There's a, such a shit ton of potential for something like this because it's like now you've opened yourselves up rather than with beer where you are governmentally or bureaucratically restricted when it comes to yeah. Libra. You essentially are not. You've got the whole country, and I imagine that there's probably potential in the US and, and beyond. Um,
1: yeah, totally. Economy. Yeah. So we're trying, you know, we're, we're we are aggressively, you know, growing. We have a um, great director of sales, um, Deb, and And yeah, she's chasing, chasing down leads um, every day um, just to try to, you know, try to get it into as many, as many stores as as possible um, and grow it as as fast as we can. Um, And, and yeah, we are, we're available in every province now, which, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of, a whole, a whole lot of craft breweries that, that can say they have availability in, in every province. Um, so that's pretty special, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's very cool, and it's sort of Libra still has the Upstreet logo on it. So whilst it's a, technically it's its own beast, it's still growing the the parent brand uh,
1: at yeah. the same token. And no, and, they're yeah, they're helping each other for sure. Yeah, yeah. like li, like Libra helped Ruby Social get into the LCBO for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's like, that's what yeah. got me. Like I got. I spoke to someone about Libra and that made me familiar with upstream. So it's, it's a, I don't know. I think it's, it's just like, it's a really cool strategy. And um, I've spoken to other breweries about it, even just about taking a, um, a brand say like, you know, Dominion city in Ottawa have their city seltzer. They just started a brand very similar way that you guys did um, in, and it's just carbonated water and, natural flavors type yeah. of thing super simple but they've really like tripled down on it. it's its own thing they got merch and vans and all that type of stuff and that's essentially yeah. seen you do the same with libra and i think not everyone has the taste for this not everyone really wants to start a whole other brand they might just want to be like oh ooh, excuse me i'll do one soda I'll, I'll do a a non-alcoholic under my existing brand um but it's uh it's like I feel like if you the the potential with this is just immense as far as you know what, no, what we can do with it by doubling yeah. down in the
1: way that you've done it. No, for sure. I would say, you know, we're both like Mitch and I are you know pretty pretty adventurous and, and ambitious and and yeah, we wanna we want to keep keep growing it. Um, and you know, it's not it's not even just us anymore, too. We have this a huge team of people um, really, um, amazing and talented people that we're, that we're working with, um, you know, on the, on the sales side and the brewing staff were, you know, hire, hiring two new brewers this year. We'll be up to, up to four brewers and, you know, at times it's just been, it's just been me. So it's, a you know, right. lots, lots of growth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's awesome. Uh, does that come
1: from Libra or just come from the brand
0: growing in and of itself?
1: uh it's it's both yeah a lot a lot of the growth is is coming from yeah a lot of the growth is coming from libra but there's also a lot there's lots of benefits too like to that that's you know improving um the quality on our other beers too that's sick
0: man it's really cool this is this is really really fantastic so then to, to sort of take it home you know, what What can you say that's coming next? I know you sort of spoke about a few things that you're working on with with Libra. Obviously, you're expanding there. you got the LCBO in mid-May for both the Libra Pale ale and the Ruby Social uh, R- Strawberry Rubab uh, Wit. Um, what else you got coming up that the people need to know about or that you're excited about uh, for, for either brand?
1: Yeah, I would I mean I would say I think um you know one thing too like we're talking you know talking about availability is our beers we, we will have a, an online store soon um launching for for our upstreet beers as well that you know people um anywhere in the in the country will be able to order our beers online. Fantastic. Um it that should be coming hopefully by the by the end of May. Um on that. So that's, you know, that, that's pretty exciting too. Um, awesome. and, and, and yeah, what's, I guess what's exciting me is, is, um, yeah, just like, you know, growing our, growing our team. Um, and that's, you know, for, that's one of the most enjoyable things too, is just, you know, adding, adding more people, um, to the group and, you know, new, developing new, like lifelong friendships with, you know, people, um, people that, Never really would have you know. Never really would have met otherwise kind kind of thing. Um, So that's that's a lot of fun and um, and yeah, just getting getting Libra getting Libra out there and just being you know having a having a national brand is just you know really really cool. Um, Something we didn't talk about before too is that like with the Libras, yeah, we have this amazing partnership now with uh, Serena Ryder. uh so you know really cool like a you know Juno award-winning um, musician um, and partnering with her on the on the Libra um you know for her me- mental health um, and and wellness is a you know really big part of what what she's doing so um, the Libra really you know fit in well um, with that and um, And we are actually uh, giving back uh, 1% of all of our um, proceeds of of Libra to her um, art house foundation. So that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. That's great. And then we, yeah. And then on the upstreet side, we also have our um, do good foundation uh, or do Gooder foundation that we, that we call it. That's sort of more, um, more locally focused, I guess we'll say with our initiatives. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man. So just like continuing to grow and, and giving back. And, you know, another thing that that's fun that comes with having a bigger team is that um, we can work on some bigger projects. So we've just sort of actually started a, a net zero um, committee with uh, different people within the company. So, um, you know, sort of working on, you know, measuring our, our energy usage and, and looking for ways to, to conserve and, and ways to to offset that as, as well. Um, if it's, you know, a CO2 recapture system or planting trees to, you know, offset the the footprint that the, um, and the impact that the the brewery is having. So, um, these are things that only kind of become possible as you, you know, get, get to a certain size.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, it's, it really yeah. sounds like, like giving back is, is super key being that you're already the, the B Corp and then you got the, the other initiatives that you just mentioned uh, alongside it, yeah. so it's like it's cool. To see, see a company you know live and breathe their, uh, you know, their intentions, their 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 real vision. So it's that's great, man. It sounds like you guys have just got some real cool stuff happening and um, tons of potential. And I imagine we should we should definitely do this again, like next, like this time next year type of thing. I imagine so yeah. much would have, would have changed um, uh, yeah. you know, with with both brands. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is super cool, yeah. man.
0: Um, I really appreciate your time, dude. This has been uh, really enlightening, and uh, I love what you're doing across the board. And I appreciate it. This is This is super fun. Uh, where can everybody find Upstreet and Libra uh, online?
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find Upstreet at upstreet.ca, and you can find Libra at drinklibra.ca.
0: I think it's Drink Libra for the Social. And is it Upstreet Brewing for the social as well? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's right. Yeah, Upstreet Brewing. So, Perfect. Yeah, find us, find us on Instagram. Yeah,
0: Instagram everywhere. If you're in Ontario, uh, make sure mid May, grab the pale ale and grab the Ruby Social um, from the LCBO. And I'm going to take yeah. the screenshot now for the thumbnail. So do you want to maybe uh, hold up uh, a couple cans there? Yeah, okay. sure. I can get three of it's these, yeah. Yeah, How many? yeah. Whatever you can get, yeah. there you go. Perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, you Turn ready? Turn that around. Sorry. Cool. Just a second. It's like it's hard, right? It is. Yeah. It's a mirror. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, you stick around. I'll, I'm going to wrap this up, and then we'll finish up the call. Yeah. Uh, just once we get off. But once yeah. again, bro, thank you again for for hanging out. This has been really cool. Uh, Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, and hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media everywhere at BAOS Podcast. Check out the long-form audio. We go, let's say go live. We drop the episodes every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tons of stuff coming up. Hit that five-star on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know the vibes. Guys, thank you again. Hoagie, you're a champion. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.